RaiderSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Never miss another show. Stream us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at LBSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. KRLV Las Vegas. It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln Kennedy joins us now on the phone lines. And Lincoln, we definitely appreciate you this afternoon as always. Uh, We found out after we recorded the Raider Roundtable, of course, because that's when news drops, we found (laughs) out that uh, Jonathan Abram had been waived by the Silver and Black. I don't think it's a big surprise that he's no longer in the plans for the team. I think the biggest surprise was just the timing. Did that throw you off at all by the timing? No, no, not really, because here's the thing, Q, and first, it's good to be with you guys. Um, you know, when, when Jonathan Abram was, was picked up in the first round, the Raiders knew what they were getting. They knew they were getting a high-tenacity guy that was specific in what he could do for the team. He was, he was that aggressive nature defense that you wanted to try to set your nature for. And, and when, you know, it wasn't like it was it, it, an apple that didn't fit or it didn't work for the team. It was a little much. And when the coaching staff changed, obviously changed a couple times when he was picked, uh, it, it, it sent a message that, you know what, we didn't necessarily pick you. We don't have to stay by you. So there was very limited things that you could do or we could have you for. So as far as, you know, the, the, the message that that sends to the locker room, does that give an opportunity, in your opinion, to a, a young guy that may be showing up a little bit in practice that they think, okay, we can give this guy an opportunity now? I wouldn't say it would be an opportunity because there's, you know, you, you, have a, you still have a new coaching staff. Trust mm-hmm. me when I tell you. Right. You know, Patrick Graham that comes in there and everything else uh, for the defensive side, um, it, it, there is an opportunity there, but there's so much – there, 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 there's so much. Uh, what's the best way to describe this, Q? Um, Tomosity with this team. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that, that, that you, you know, you, it's, it's, it's not a quick or easy turnover. If you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I do. And again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. I started off the show asking Raider Nation what they wanted to see from this team, the final nine games of this season. What do you think that this coaching staff and this front office wants to see the last nine games? Wins. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, that's, yeah. But, I mean, in the evaluation process, what do you think they're looking for? I guess the, 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 in the evaluation process, you have to see if this coaching staff can coach the players that they have within, within the you know, realms already. You know what I mean? They made changes, mm-hmm. but this coaching staff is new, really, to, the, the, to this roster. I mean, it, it was turned over. And it's been turned over, and then and, and then when you know when they came in, they only had like what thirty seven players or under contract. They're still continuing to turn over. To me, this coaching staff, their ideology, their philosophy is not conducive to the players they have on the roster. What do what what does Patrick Graham need to 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 allow that defense to play the way he wants them to play? Collectively, <laughs> um, individually, I would say he needs he needs to have better corners. Okay. Lincoln, when it comes to this offense, I don't know if you've seen, but I'll tell you anyway, Devontae Adams, after the game, he made some headlines for the social media of the world. It was, oh, Devontae's taking shots at the coaching staff. But it wasn't that, but he did make some statements where he was calling out the players and the coaches for the lack of execution. When you hear that from Devontae Adams, do you think it's too little too late, or does that still need to be said after a loss about holding everyone accountable? Everyone should be accountable anytime. It doesn't matter if it's a loss or a win or whatever. 
when you when you think about this team and as the potential that they came through, guys, you you would hope expect you would actually expect to have better performance. Um, and they don't perform as a team; they perform as individuals. They perform as a cluster of uh, even at, at times it's a tandem, but it's never a team. And and that's something that's seriously lacking amongst the Raiders right now. That's something you mentioned earlier today on the Raider Roundtable with JT and myself about just individuals and, like you said, a tandem at times. Why is that, Lincoln? Why do you think they've never come together? You know what? Here's the thing. You have you have in, you have stars that can stand out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you you have you know like like this past week, you go through one drive where Devontae Adams stands out in the drive, or Josh Jacobs stands out in the drive. Um, and, and and I point that out because you know your quarterback quarterback is an orchestrator or stuff like that. But when people take that away and you don't have another option. Where do you go? It's, it's, and, that's, and that's what's so disappointing. The thing is, is that when you look at this, this, this squad right now, you look at the Raiders, you've seen performances, you've seen spots where, oh, my gosh, they look good. They look great. Mm-hmm. They look good. Oh, my goodness. This is something we, they, they can stand out. But it hasn't held for four quarters. It hasn't held for an entire game. That's why I say you see spots and then you, see, you don't see a team. This team has yet, in my opinion, guys, has yet to define its identity. I don't know. What, I don't know what you call this team. Right. You know. Uh, you, we sit there and say the Raiders, but substantially, what, is it, what does it mean? And they haven't. They haven't played like that the entire year, and that's that's something that's really, really bothersome to me when you try to cover and analyze this team. When it comes to the offense, you mentioned how they're not coming together as a team. Is that more on the quarterback getting everyone involved, the play calling? When it comes to, because like you said, Devontae Adams, there are certain drives where, hey, he's a superstar and he's looking like every bit of it. But how do those other guys get their moments to shine on this team? Well, it's overall execution. The fact is that there's times that the offensive line doesn't perform. There's times where the quarterback doesn't perform as well as he should, and the receivers, all that. It's overall execution. It's as a unit. It's not, you know, when, when I say the word team, I mean that. I, I, collectively, it's not individuals. It's, it's collectively a performance. You don't have that overall. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Well, Sunday, as you very well know, the Raiders blew their third 17-point lead uh, of the season, right? And that just doesn't right. happen. And it, it's happened three times through eight games. What what? How does this team not do that? How does this team say, you know what, uh, that can't happen, right? We get a lead like that, we've got to find a way to keep that. The thing is, it comes adjustment. Look, teams are going to adjust to what you do to them. If you slow them down or you stop them, they're going to adjust to try to find ways. You know, what What I saw last, what this past Sunday uh, against Jacksonville, was that a team jumped out on them. They, they, they took, trust me when I tell you, they took full advantage of opportunities. The first drive where they had Devontae Adams showcase um, you know, and scored a touchdown, then they had a turnover. They were able to get three points off of that. Then they had another drive where they were able to take advantage of, of a mismatch and a, gr- a great trick play because the, the Jaguars did not see that sort of you know, wannabe reverse play action, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. to Devontae Adams to score another touchdown. They, they jumped ahead and, 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 and took full advantage. On the defensive side, they didn't make adjustments for what Jacksonville was going to do. They, Jacksonville came out with three receivers. They forced the Raiders into man coverage because they were Devon Diablo was down. They had to go through a, a nickel or a dime style of coverage. They pushed, you know, they flushed 
the, the, the Raiders to play man coverage. They were not ready for the, 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 the coverage, that type of stuff. The Raiders had to make adjustments. And the thing is, is that you're going to have to make adjustments as the season goes because people are going to see how you play them and what you're doing for them. There's no easy answer to what's going, going on, guys. You have to make adjustments. You have to be prepared for this type of, type of thing. The moment the Jaguars took advantage in the second quarter, understood what the Raiders had at their they exposed, they, 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 they took advantage of it. Yeah, they, they 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 seriously exposed the Raiders for the remainder of the game, and the Raiders did not have an answer for that. On the offensive side, look, I said in the podcast today, guys, I came into the season not expecting the Raiders' defense to shut people out. I expected the Raiders' offense to shoot people out, and that means that you have to score more touchdowns than threes. If the Raiders' offense cannot score touchdowns, we are doomed. Yeah, I want to ask you, I want to give you a quote from Travis Etienne from Sunday's game where he basically just said, we wanted it more. Because you sense that while you're calling the game and analyzing that, hey, maybe it's not just so much about the X's and O's, but the Jaguars just wanted it more than the Raiders on Sunday. No, I didn't sense that. I, 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 DeMond, I didn't, I didn't see that. It's not about a team wanting it more. I, I think it's about a team that has limitations and limits to what they can do, especially on the defensive side when the Raiders lost you know, uh, Devon Duelbo. I'm just saying that one guy makes a difference, but uh, that that one guy to this specific tile style of defense does hurt the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And without him, um, that really limits what they can do. It's not about a team that, that wanted it more. I didn't see that. Um, it was more a, a, a team who's able to make adjustments on the road in in a hostile situation for what they had. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Lincoln joins us every Tuesday and Thursday. And Lincoln, we'll talk about the Colts and the team and, and the way that oh the game goodness. is executed on Thursday. But I did want to get your thoughts. I shared the story earlier today. You said you were flying back from Jacksonville getting texts and tweets about being the next coach of the Raiders and you didn't understand why until you found out about Jeff Saturday being named as the interim coach for the Colts. What are your thoughts on just the situation as a whole? What's going on with Indy? Oh, it's you know, you you mentioned it. I was like I <laughs> I, I can't put it in perspective. I've never sensed or seen anything like this before. And I know Jeff Saturday personally. Um, we played at the same time. Um, and I'm a fellow offensive lineman, so I'm going to support him. That's what we do. Right. Um, but at the same point, it's, it's – I, I, the best way I can put it, Q, is that I, I hope – the best for Jeff Saturday. Not this weekend when they play against the Raiders, obviously. Right. But but you know, in in the in the in the in the the whole sort of thing, uh, the whole thing that's that's transcending between the Colts and Jeff Saturday and what they have going. I've never seen anything like this. Um, a guy who, in, in, well, for all sake, does what I do. I'm right. I'm, an, I'm an analyst. Yeah. You know, walking. That's what I do. Yeah. If you walk into the coaching booth and you never had any coaching experience. You you walk into as a head coach, not a position coach, not not you know not not just a, 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 a an assistant coach. You walk in as a head coach. You're given that that uh, that title. I, I can't imagine what going, Jeff Saturday is going through, what this team is going through. I I wish him the best. I I just I just don't know how to put it in words. Really. In it. Could you imagine, and I'm sure it's it's hard to even think about it and, th- and you wrap your brain around it, but what the thoughts are of the other coaches on the staff that have had coaching experience and then even the players in the locker room that are trying to follow a guy that, again, he's a good guy, uh, a guy that's going to probably motivate them to get fired up, but he, again, he has no experience. So they've got to be asking a lot of questions right now, Lincoln. The 
first thing I thought about, Q, and I've talked about this on the podcast, is that if this was college football, I'd be looking at the transfer portal right now. I'd be going. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'd submit my name into the transfer portal, both against coaches and players, trying to figure out a way to get out of this the, the situation. It's it's not good. It's not good, in my opinion. No, no, it's not. It looks like a big mess going on yeah. in, in Indianapolis. But look, they still got games to play, and they're coming to yep. Vegas, right? And yep. so don't let the Raiders be the team that all of a sudden wakes them up. And, you know, because there's a lot of they, they can't do. We were talking earlier with Derek Schultz from Indy, and he said they can't score. Uh, the Sam Ellinger hasn't thrown a professional touchdown. They can't block. They can't do this, that, and the other. And Lincoln, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you don't want the Raiders to be on the wrong end of that, Lincoln. The thing, the truth of the matter is that the Raiders have been a disaster this entire year. And the Raiders don't have any, any sort of certain course that they can go. The, the, the Raiders need to win. Right. They need, they need to find a way to win. But, they, but we can't even put our finger on the spot to say, oh, this is a game the Raiders should win. <laughs> we, we tried that before, right. and it hasn't happened. So uh, I agree with you, Q. I hope that this is not the weekend where everything comes together for them. Exactly. I don't want Jeff Saturday celebrating on Sunday. <laughs> you know? Because then our conversations on Monday here are going to be bad. So uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But we'll get more into the game on Thursday, Lincoln. But I appreciate your time as always. My man, we'll catch up on uh, Thursday. Always a good thing, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy, joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'm telling you, man, call me what you want to, man. You can throw any name at me you want. That's fine. I do not want Saturday to have a good Sunday because that's going to turn into what, Damon? A bad Monday for us. Oh, yeah, the sky will be falling. I don't even want to think about it. Man, brother. <laughs> like, I don't even want to answer the phones. Just like, hey, guys, phone lines are going to be closed today. But also, I think they, they might carry him off the field. Like, <laughs> right. It'd be the most improbable. Oh, oh man. Who don't, saw this coming? Don't let him come to Vegas and celebrate. Do not let him get back on that plane, head back to Indy with his tail between his legs. And that's no disrespect, but that's just what they've got to do. Uh, bloody him, uh, blacken his eye, do what you got to do, but you've got to beat their tail. You've got to know that that is a wounded duck, that is a uh, uh, that is man down, whatever you want to, whatever phrase is comfortable with you. That's how you got to treat this team that's headed to your stadium. Now, on the flip side of that, they're saying the same thing. That is a wounded duck. We're going to go to their house. We're going to embarrass them. We're going to carry our coach off. He ain't never had no experience. but he's gonna, You know what I mean? Like That's what their conversations are right now. I promise you. That's what he's in the locker room. He had tweeted out, what, uh, last week or when the Raiders were playing the Saints? You go back and look at Jeff Saturday's uh, tweet when they were playing the Saints. The, the, the Raiders are a wreck right now or the Raiders are a mess, whatever it was. I mean, he... He And look, he didn't know he was going to be the coach. Or maybe he thought he was, and he was saying himself, I don't know. But that's what he was saying. Raiders look horrible. There you go. That was from Jeff Saturday during the Saints game. And he wasn't wrong, but, you know, don't let him come back and be like, see, I told you. <laughs> right? Don't let him celebrate that tweet on Sunday. That is that is what you cannot do. If if the Raiders find a way to lose this game on Sunday, I can't tell you. I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect. The next day and the in the following week, I really don't. I know, I know what, <laughs> I know the the kind of drama that gets sent my way, and it's <laughs> it's very minimal. It's nothing I can't handle. But I know what gets sent my way, even on days that I take off. Right, I, I put full disclosure out there for everyone and anyone, and I beg people to listen. On days that I don't go to games, I don't tweet the game. So on road trips that I don't go to because that's coming out of my own pocket, I choose not to go. I get more people hit me up. Why aren't you tweeting anything today? Because I'm off. (laughs) I'm literally off work the one day a week I'm off work trying to relax. So if they find a way to lose that game, 
on Sunday to a terrible team that's a wounded duck in the Indianapolis Colts with a coach with no experience and a play caller with no experience. Man, I can't tell you what the next experience is going to be like. You remember when Josh McDaniels was asked about, hey, do you put up, is it bulletin board material? Do you make sure it gets back yeah, to the players yeah, yeah. about things that said? Yep. No, that somebody should take this tweet, print it out, and just be like, hey, man, this is what he said about y'all. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, Hondo's the one that asked that. He might ask that tomorrow. <laughs> he might ask the same thing tomorrow. Josh, did you hear what uh, Jeff Saturday said uh, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, while you guys were losing to the Saints, he said this about you. Get this back to the players. Look, if it takes the players at this point to get get uh, motivated by a tweet that a guy who didn't know he was going to be the coach, who's now the coach, then that's on them, right? It, it, you know what it'd take me to get motivated if I was 2-6? and six? The fact that I was 2-6. and six, That's what would get me motivated to play the next game. What I'd want to, man, I'd be itching to get back out there on the field. I would be itch. It's just, I say it all the time, and then we'll take a break. It's just like a bad show. We have a bad show. You know what I think about all night long, even in my damn sleep? Getting back behind the mic and having another show. Because, man, there's nothing worse than the last thing you remember is a bad show. I remember I did a, a ESPN national show, and it was, I think it was the first week of college football. It was. It was the first week of college football, and they're like, all right, Q, uh, we're just going to have you do an hour solo by yourself, and then, you know, everything will be good, and we'll go lead into a baseball game. I was like, okay, cool. And then it didn't turn out to be that way. It ended up being about two hours, and none of it was was coordinated the way it was supposed to. So it was an absolute train wreck. It was a terrible show. And then guess what? I had another week before I was back on. And you know what I thought about every single day? That damn terrible show that I did. Even though that's not even my normal full-time job. That's just me filling in, being a part-time cat. All I could think about is the last thing I remember on that platform was a bad show. And I was itching to get behind the mic. And the next time I did, I killed it. I kicked that thing out the park. <laughs> right? That's the kind of motivation that this team needs to have. Okay, we just lost two games in a row. Embarrassed in one game and should be embarrassed by, by losing a 17-point lead. We can't wait to get back on our own field and beat the brakes out of this team coming to town. That should be the mentality. There should be no tweets needed, no bulletin board material needed. It should be self-motivation. If those guys in the locker room are worth the salt, and I think they are, I, you know, I know them. I believe that they're all worth the salt. If they're, if they're you know, worth the, the price of admission, then they'll come, they'll, come to, they'll come to play on Sunday and be ready to uh, defend their home, home field. 418 at the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We're going to get to calls and texts. Also get to some Patrick Graham sound in a minute. But DeMond just informed me that we had some tickets to give away. And it's so funny, and you have to forgive me. Some sometimes I usually am really up to speed on all like music. Whenever some artist he gives me a name, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song. But this one I wasn't quite familiar with, and I don't think Demond was either. But then he went to good old handy YouTube, and he pulled up the music, and I was like, oh yeah, duh, I recognize that. So Demond, we got a pair of tickets to go see. And he's about to pull it up right now. So just in case you don't recognize the name, just in case you're like me and you don't recognize the name, we're going to play some of the song for you. Now, obviously, I'm stalling here because we're trying to get in. Damon usually is Johnny on the spot when it comes to the computer. Today, he can't spell. The guy's first name is John. <laughs> oh, I already know that. John Fogarty. Yeah. Yeah, we got tickets to John Fogarty. Yeah, did you pull up the song? Yeah, Credence Clear, Clearwater pull, Revival. Can, can okay. you play it? Uh, well, I'm trying to set it up, Q. We'll set, I'm we trying to, too. Song, I'm trying to, too. But, man, it's taking forever. People are like, get to it. Oh, there you go. Now you recognize that. See, as soon as I heard it, I recognize it. I just said, what's his name again? John Fogarty. I didn't recognize that. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that song. So we got tickets to see him. 
<laughs> when, when's the show? When's the show, man? Oh my God. I'm saying, you're the guy with the information. All right, that's going to be two tickets to see John Fogarty, and that's going to be on November 18th. If that's a Friday. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, clear the weekend out. Two tickets to John Start Fogarty. Start the weekend right. Yeah. Where is that? You don't know? We don't know anything. This is terrible. Man, this is going to be at the Encore Theater at the Wynn. Okay. I've I'll, got all the information okay. pulled up, but you just keep firing. I know, I know, I know. It's bad. It's bad on my part. I, I'll be the first to admit it. It was bad research on my part. This is what happens when I just find out. And Craig, our, pro, our, pro, our promotions guy, is fantastic. He does such a great job. He gives us all kind of great stuff. And so sometimes I get overwhelmed with all the stuff that we have to give away. So, all right, let's go ahead and... We'll get what we'll get tickets to that. We'll give tickets away to that at like four forty-five. Okay, how about that? We'll give out two ter- pairs of tickets to that to that guy, <laughs> John Fogarty. Yeah, him, <laughs> lead singer from CCR. Yeah, exactly what he said. We'll give those away at four forty-five. But let's go out to the phone lines right now. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who are we talking to first? Juan the Smasher. Juan, welcome to the show. What's up, dog? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling. Man, I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q, I don't, I don't know nothing about no John Fogarty, but I know something about that uh, West Side Connection, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? I do know <laughs> what you're saying. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 because that West Side be, be, be slapping, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but I just want to chime in on my on, on my man, uh, what do you call it, uh, on Abrams. I was rooting for this cat, man. I was really a fan of him, and uh, it, it sucks that, that he didn't make it and he didn't, he didn't cut it out, but... I was I was really hoping that that he was out there uh, being his, his Charles Woodson, but it just it just never happened, and and it's tough. But if, if we do keep a guy, I'm really I really hope we keep Josh Jay, because that that guy's out there running 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 the rock, and he's out there running fools over, and I hope and pray that that we just keep him. And if we're two and six, and uh, I'm over here bumping this, this Fifty Cent song when the rains are pouring, because it's raining and pouring. It's been raining and pouring all month. All season for these Raiders, and I, I don't know what else to tell Cats, man, because I've been getting roasted on all day, all week by by these Charger fans, these Chiefs fans, and I don't got nothing to say, Q. I'm 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 always quick with my words, so when these fools are telling me stuff, I'm like, I can't back it up, because we we just keep losing. Yeah. But I'm 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 not gonna be a Debbie Downer. All these cats that are talking bad about my boy uh, Derek Carr. They can go with the sun don't shine. How about that? And you guys have a good day. <laughs> All right, brother. And, and let's go later. There he goes, Juan the Smasher. Always has a good one right there. I'm not mad at that. And, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say when the team is 2-6, and six, right? We have, we have some some lady who hits us up on Twitter. I don't know. Have you seen this? Uh, she hits up the radio, radio station's account. She hits up me. She hit up Clay for sure. She hit Jason Fitz. Like, everyone that's a- affiliated with, um, you know, like Raider Nation Radio or anything, her name is like Rose somebody. Have you seen Have you seen this tweet? I thought oh. this was going to be Expos, the Expos 83 account or 93. Oh, I don't know who that is. Nope. No, I don't know who that is. But I saw that this lady is so funny. And I don't really know what like what she's angry about. But clearly, like life is not is not going well for her. Or or maybe it is. And maybe this is just how she lives. But uh, her name is Rose something. I'm trying to pull up a tweet from her. Anyway, she like. Like 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 Juan said, like Juan said that she's you know that that people are just talking trash and there's nothing really to say. That's that's kind of basically how this lady is. Like she's just really adamant about uh, talking bad about the Raiders and waiting for you to say something. And I was like, so my response was, all right, well, I got a pretty cool job. I love my job, so I'm gonna keep doing my job. And then I said, I hope you have a blessed day. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. So yeah, it was it was pretty random, dude. Uh, dang it, I can't find it. Anyway, oh no, that's not it. Oh well. Anyway, not a big deal. But it was just it was just funny 
that she was just so adamant. Oh, here he goes. Here, I got it. This is Rose Fern 2020. Oh, it is Expos. Yeah, you pulled it up. How'd you know? Because I didn't know I her remember, Twitter. I remember seeing it. Oh, well, why didn't you tell me so? You well, could have yeah, saved me from know, a lot this, of trouble. This is, this is your Twitter interaction. <laughs> I'm, I clearly wasn't at it, so I was going to let you Not tell yet. the story. Not yet. I'm going to let you tell the story the way you see fit. At your boy Q254, your team stinks in all capitals. Second worst record in the NFL. Big uh, smiling emoji. It's beautiful. <laughs> Some of the responses. Dang, lady, relax. And then, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. But my my response was, with that being said, I still love my job. I always love my job. Hope you're blessed and doing well. But uh, she's Jason Fitz gave her the business. I'll just say that Jason Fitz from ESPN, who joins the morning tailgate every, I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday, one of the two mornings. Uh, he does a fantastic job. Anyway, he gave her the business. I, I'm I'm not going to repeat the tweet he sent back to her, but uh, he was not in the very uh, positive mood. Let's put it like that. So uh, funny stuff right there. All right, let's go back up to the phone lines real quick. It's 702-365-9200 after I tell you all my stories. Uh, who's up next? Raider Joe. Raider Joe, welcome to the show, Doc. Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, DeMar? Tell us about Fitz. Sending a nasty response. You just gonna leave us hanging like that? I guess I gotta go fight it on my own then, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Ha- half the know. listening audience still only heard half your call because of the my first man. word, the first word you said, Demon had to drop that. So uh, there you go. Oh, that was all good. I'll go find something <laughs> back at that later, later. But hey, look, I'm pretty sure most of us that work. Yo, yo, my man, my man. <laughs> all right, we got family program. Yeah, yeah, no, this, is, this is a family show, man. Yo. <laughs> All right, we got to let that one go. We got to let that one go. Sorry, dog. Sorry, dog. Raider Joe. Yeah, Raider Joe. Hey, where's, you the do- where's the 801 at? I think that's where he said he was calling in from. The what? 801? 801. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with that? I'm, oh. not, I'm not 100% sure which okay. one that is, but uh, yeah. Raider Joe, man, you got to do better next time, brother. You can't. One, we can let go. Two, not so much. So, oh, man, that was stressful. Are you sweating too? I'm not even sweating because it was just the the audacity to... Hey, yeah, man. It was just like, yeah, all right, cool. That's funny. Double down on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, oh, I'm not, I didn't get that one in. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe that's my fault that I told him the first one was dumped. Maybe he thought that that's all he needed to do. Raider Joe, I'm going to need you to do better, brother. Uh, Trey in Kansas City said, I'm getting roasted daily by Chiefs fans. They have memes for days. It's relentless. Uh, that's Trey and KC on the text line. I uh, got another text from uh, the 925 wrong era of football for Jonathan Abram. I agree with that. I was asked earlier about that. Uh, I was talking to Eddie Pascal, and I said, look, he's just, you know, he's kind of a throwback type guy, and it's not a throwback type, you know, football anymore. It's just it's just really not. You can't play the way that he plays. He's a big hitter, which is great. You know, fans love to see the big hit, but a lot of times the big hits uh, result in penalties. And so a lot of times he throws his body around, and that would be the reason why he was injured quite a bit, especially early in his career. It's just it's unfortunate. I think he's a good guy. I think most people like him. But it just wasn't uh, a fit. He really, I don't think he ever really fit with what anyone wanted him to do. Uh, they had a vision for him, but I just don't think it ever really panned out with any of the regimes. You know, from the first one that that drafted him with, with Gruden and Paul Gunther uh, to what they were doing last year with Gus Bradley, he did his best with them. I think put him in a better position to succeed, and he did pretty good. But uh, you know, you could tell this year that uh, he was had moments where he was good, but at other times it just wasn't so good and then he starts started to see his uh his snaps get reduced so you kind of saw the writing on the wall so risky ray said q and d what i want to see here in these final nine games are an aggressive defense taking chances by blitzing our opponent's our opponent's cornerback on offense i want to see an up-tempo attack by throwing the ball more especially since we have a guy by the name of Devonte adams is our number one receiver let's not stand around i'd rather have both sides of the ball make things happen aggressively from sir whiskey ray and 
you know, I like the idea of blitzing the quarter uh, blitzing the quarterback, but I don't know if the Raiders have the DBs to blitz the quarterback, right? Because if if you're going to blitz the quarterback, you better be where you're supposed to be, or else you'll get burned. And you saw multiple times on Sunday the Jaguars were able to beat the blitz when the blitz would come. Uh, Trevor Lawrence would either get the ball out of his hands really quickly or he'd take off and run. And when he ran, he ran for like 15 or 16 yards. You know, one thing that JT pointed out to me, and I don't know, and DeMond, you produced the show today. I don't know if he said it on the radio, but he pointed out that this was like a, this past weekend was a record weekend for quarterbacks running and how many yards the quarterbacks put up running. And, and JT pointed this out to me earlier today, and it, it really kind of blew my mind. And, you know, it's not about having... Justin Fields type numbers like 178 yards rushing or you know even even like Lamar Jackson and the what he had last night or you know other guys Josh Allen had 80 something yards it's not about that but going back to I don't remember what game it was was it Denver I think it was a Denver game where Derek Carr picked up five first downs a couple of them were quarterback sneaks a couple of them were just taken off when it, when when he felt the need to and when the grass was green right there and he just saw it and took off and JT said he had no yards at all on Sunday. And this was a, a record weekend for quarterbacks in their rushing. Like they, they, that was the biggest weekend ever for quarterbacks in rushing. Not even an attempt. Right, exactly. I'm not ever going to ask him to be, you know, fleet-footed and take off, and I'm not asking to be Josh Allen. I'm not, look, even Zach Wilson had a little bit of, you know, a little, little wiggle to his, uh, his step on, on Sunday with the, uh, with the Jets, and they picked up a big victory over the Bills. I just, at, at some point, and, everyone, and so many people have called in, t- texted in, tweeted in and said, you know, Derek Carr's got to run. He's got to run. He's got to run. There's got to be a time where he sees that opening and just takes off. Just got to, there's, I mean, really, and it's, he doesn't have to take off for long, but third and three, third and four, sometimes he's just got to go. Sometimes he's got to see it and just go. Yeah, this is one of those stats where when people say it, you'll be like, oh, who cares? It's a made-up number. Like, it has no effect mm-hmm. on the game. But in the Sunday night game, Patrick Mahomes traveled 428 scramble yards before throwing the ball. Right. So that's combined, like, all of the yeah, yards yeah, that he's yeah. running, yep. doing his Mahomes-type magic, right. where you're just like, why can't the team get a hold of him? And those are just extending the play. Right. Not even running, you know, for the first down or, mm-hmm. you know, picking up the magical Justin Fields, like, 60-yard runs, but just extending the play. Right. No, I agreed. He's got to be able to do something like that. Early in the game against Jacksonville, you saw him roll out a little bit and complete a ball down the, down the field. I mean, that's I, I like that. Just got to be able – he's athletic enough to do it. He just – I know he doesn't want to. And I don't know how much Coach McDaniels wants him to do it either. But, man, I mean, there's an opportunity every once in a while where you just look up and you just go, right? And that's what – you know, Lincoln Kennedy says it all the time. That's what Rich Gannon used to do, right? Rich would just – He'd see the play and then all of a sudden see that he was going to have an opportunity to pick up some yardage. Sometimes just picking up that first down. That's, sometimes that's all it is. Or making that second down, the second and long, all of a sudden turn it into like third and three because you're able to pick up five, six yards. Again, not asking him to go 20, 30 yards, not asking him to be, you know, Jalen Hurts or any of these guys that are running around the yard because I know it's not what he's going to do. But every once in a while, that game that he picked up five first downs against Denver, that was big. That was big. That's the kind of thing that you need to have. And they had to have that. They had to have that, especially on one drive. They needed him to extend the 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 uh, the play and pick up that first down, and then they end up going down and scoring a touchdown, and that basically salted the game away. Like they needed him to do that with his legs. I would like to see a little bit of that. These last nine games, you know, it's it's almost that mentality. I'd like to see from every player is just, you know, what F it. I'm gonna leave it all on the on the on the field. I'm gonna leave it all out there. Like play play these last nine games like you don't have tomorrow. None of you. None of you, even though there's obviously players that do, but play like you don't, you know, have that sense of 
I'm, I'm scared to fail, right? Go out there and play like, hey, you know what? If I don't live up to where I'm supposed to live up to, there may not be a tomorrow. You know, let Jonathan Abram not being with the Raiders anymore, maybe be an example. I better go out there and show what I can do, or maybe that'll be me next Tuesday, right after the Raider Roundtable is recorded, because that's when news is broken after they're done recording. Let's go out to the phone line one more time, 702-365-9200. Keep it clean. Who's this? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show. Hello. How y'all doing? We're blessed. How are you? Uh, I don't think the Raiders got any kind of room to be letting anybody go on defense. I do believe that Abram is going to go somewhere, and uh, he's going to play good. I know he's more of a box safety than a cover safety, but I think somebody will find out uh, uh, where he fits well and play him there uh, better than what the Raiders have done. And as far as what's, get, what's getting on my nerves about the Raiders is I'm sitting up here watching teams like New Orleans and Jacksonville getting their butt spanked against everybody else, but then we lose against them. And all this, uh, uh, New Orleans didn't even score a touchdown until until the fourth quarter last night, but we couldn't even score a touchdown period on them. And then Jacksonville lost five games in a row before they came to us. And I mean, the thing about it is, is that's what's frustrating as the, as, as being the fan is when is the teams that they're losing to the next week after or the week before that. These teams are getting dusted by by everybody else. Arizona has, hasn't done much since they beat us at home the last time, and, and it's just it's just frustrating. And then, you know, the thing, just like y'all was talking about with Derek Carr, what frustrates me about Derek Carr is when we play Patrick Mahomes, when we play these other quarterbacks, you you know, they, they make plays for their teams. They they make something out of nothing. And that's that's the, the one thing that gets on my nerves about Carr is he has a chance, an opportunity to run, and either he doesn't run or he tries to do it too late. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good call, my man. And yeah, that's, that's, I mean, again, sometimes it's just got to be instinct. Just go, right? Just take off and go. And uh, you're, you're right, man. I mean, uh, that's why we question, uh, the, you know, the, the timing of the release of, of uh, Jonathan Abram, just because, you know, that they need as much help as possible on defense. But like Vinny said, uh, you know, obviously they've seen what they need to see and they have guys behind them that may have an opportunity and just that's just what it is, you know. And so, uh, as, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, it's evaluation season. Everyone is being evaluated right now. Who are they going to move forward with and who are they not? Clearly, Jonathan Abram wasn't part of the, the, the plan moving forward. They want to see who is, and they're going to get some guys out on the field to give them that opportunity. So it's, it should be interesting to see uh, what happens the next few weeks. But uh, thank you for that call, Tim. It's always good to hear from you. Let's get one more call in. We'll take a break. How about Jacob and Fresno? Welcome to the show. Hey, how we doing, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. You doing all right? I'm doing all right. I'm on team, team baby no sleep right now, but I'm, other than that, I'm good. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know what? Man, cherish the days that, that they get no sleep because they're, they're getting no sleep now because uh, the baby's crying and all that other stuff. You're going to get no sleep later on because you're sitting up worried, waiting for waiting for your baby baby girl to come home. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what, know. what time is she coming home again? <laughs> Where's she yeah, at? Let me track her on the phone real quick. So uh, appreciate this time you got right now. I, I do, I do. Um, as far as uh, the Raiders are going, man, like, you know what? I I, I called in earlier uh, on your uh, podcast and talking about just the defensive changes and whatnot that we need to make and then losing Abram. I'm not really sad, except by the fact that we're just losing some depth. But I think it just points out a chance of, like, you know what? Time to just give other guys some shots. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see, let's see what Sam Webb can really do. Let's see what other guys that we have in our secondary could possibly do on the practice squad. Because right now, 
our defenders haven't really done much. And we've made some really, really mediocre QBs look really good. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. Uh, that's, that's the frustrating part. And these guys, QBs, are throwing like pinpoint target accurate passes. Because our guys, their guys are like wide open. That's the frustrating part. And against other teams, we've seen them struggle. And I don't get it. I don't, like I thought Patrick Graham was part of the kind of New England system when he was a linebacker's coach. And I looked at the stats when he was New York Giants. He had probably one successful year. Can't really blame him on what kind of that the Giants were kind of going up and down that whole year due to injuries. But it just makes me think it's like, man. And again, like you said, it might be more of it not him having the players that are really there. But if that's the case, the guys that we've been having there haven't been working. Let's get all these other guys opportunities and see what they can do. And I really, really hope if we lose – to the Colts, who just fired their coach. I'm not coming hired, to work. <laughs> and, 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 I'm not and, coming to work. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's Jeff, it's Jeff Saturday, who somebody pointed out there, his last head coaching gig at a high school, he was three and seven. Exactly. Which is nuts. And then the guy who he's got calling offensive plays has never called plays before. So this is a real, like, here's a gut check moment for the defense. Do you really want to get embarrassed by an interim head coach and a guy who's never called off into place? Right. Where's your uh, Where's your pride? And just suck it up and just start creating turnovers. Give some life. And like you had said on the show, there's nobody out there that's really getting these guys jacked up on the sidelines. We need that. We right. need somebody that emotion. Well, that's what's been lacking this year. Mm-hmm. If the coach If the coach won't do it, somebody on that team's better better do it. And that's all. That's all I got to say. I just hope hope that we come away with a W and just start turning something around, and just go from there. There you go. Good call, Jake. Appreciate you again. Congratulations on the baby girl. Hope everything goes uh, really well as you're on uh, not getting a lot of sleep duty these days, and that is an okay thing. I'll say this: if they need someone on the sideline to, to fire him up, man. I'll be that guy. I'll, I'll sacrifice. I'll sacrifice. I will. I mean, I, I, look, I can get you fired up. Like, I, I can't go out there and perform, but I can go. <laughs> I can get you fired up. One way, one how, I'll get you fired up. You know what? This will get you fired up. How about this? My good friend Damon here just passed along this information while Jacob and Fresno was talking. We spent the first, I don't know, five minutes, maybe more, of this segment talking about this giveaway we we're going to do. And Damon, what did you inform me while Jacob was, uh, was on the phone? Well, Q, I fully opened up the email that Craig sent me. And fully opened up the email, something that happens with DeMond all the damn time. The promotion, the giveaway, these great John Fogarty tickets, it doesn't start until <laughs> tomorrow. But, Q, like you said in the first hour, that's what I call a tease. <laughs> so we said we were going to give these tickets away at 445, and we're clearly not because they don't even start till tomorrow. 445 tomorrow. Oh, nice. So there you go. Anyone who was looking for John Fogarty tickets... You have to wait. I just learned his name, and now I have to try to do it all over again. We actually got a funny text about uh, about John Fogarty. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, it was something about... I don't know where it's at anymore. Anyway, it's on there. We have so many texts. Something about... Oh, Millman Raider? Yeah. Q, I lived down the street from John Fogarty's wife growing up. Is that the one? Yeah, that was. Well, it's not like we have a ton of text messages I don't about know, John you Fogarty. You made it sound like people just blowing up the text line about John Fogarty. Well, we got one immediately from Mailman Raider. There you go. I, I just couldn't find it because we got so many other good ones. There it is. All right. How old is Mailman Raider? I don't know. Text in Mailman Raider. 
Damon wants to know your age. Jeez. Mailman Raider also said, Q, I tried texting this in the other day, but I didn't make it in. I thought having McDanny dial up design runs for car uh, just to get him in that mindset, like, uh, hey, I can run. That would, yeah. I don't, I don't know if McDaniels wants him to run, though. I know, um, I remember Hondo had asked him about running. I believe it was Hondo that asked him about uh, running and Derek Carr running, and he basically said he didn't want him to take off out of the pocket. But I think it's sometimes you have to keep the defenses honest, especially if there's a little bit of a lane. Go ahead and take that little bit of a lane. And, and again, it doesn't have to be all the time. It just has to be once in a while to pick up a first down, pick up some yardage that, that you need to have. We got one quick text from Raider Dill. Q, if quarterbacks are going to be running all around the yard nowadays, some of the protection quarterbacks get from the league needs to be lightened up. Lawrence took off on a big run because he tucked the ball and the guys thought he was going down, so they let up. And that's that's the problem. That is the problem is that they are protected so well that it's tough to really go and put a hit on them. But I didn't see any play where it looked like he was going down and the Raiders stopped, stopped chasing him. I feel like whatever he picked up, he picked up on his own. Now, I know that happened week one against Justin Herbert where Nate Hobbs got called for a, a, a penalty, uh, roughing the quarterback or late hit or unnecessary roughness, whatever it was, uh, down by the goal line. That I thought was real suspect because that did look like you know he was staying up and then all of a sudden he was going down at the last second. And so that I do agree with. But I'll tell you this, as much as I don't like all the protections the quarterbacks are getting, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Matter of fact, it might get worse. They might end up giving them more protection. At some point, quarterbacks might have flags on them, for all we know, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's really one of those things, man. They're really trying to protect these guys. But then, like you said, they take off running, or they, they shake out of a tackle, and then all of a sudden you're wondering, well, how come that guy didn't tackle him down? Well, because he can't. If he slams them, it's a wrap. And actually, Cleef Earl had a couple good licks on, uh, on Trevor Lawrence on Sunday uh, that I, every time a quarterback gets hit now, I think, oh, that's going to be a flag. And when you, it doesn't come out, you kind of get surprised. Like, oh, okay, cool. 4.45 is the time. We're not giving out tickets right now. We'll do that tomorrow. Thank you, Damon. But uh, we will come back and close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. How about the college football playoff rankings? Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and TCU. Shout out to the Horned Frogs number four with Tennessee. Woo, Tennessee with that blowout loss to Georgia. Speaking of Tennessee, losing to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have a bet going with my buddy Paul? I don't even know who that is, man. <laughs> who was that? The Godfather? Yeah, the yeah, Godfather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got the Godfather name for a funny reason, but it's not made for radio. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, uh, he he basically was telling me that he does this for a living. Ain't no way Tennessee's going to win. And I said, 20 right now. Uh, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> he doesn't do this for a living. He actually delivers meat in a uh, truck, and (laughs) (laughs) he's very friendly. Let's just put it like that. I'm trying to choose my words correctly. He's very friendly when he delivers on the road, wherever he goes. He's a very friendly guy. So, (laughs) yeah, he's been known. I don't think I want to know anymore. He's been known to live his best life. Let's just put it like that. So, he's a good guy, though. Really good guy. Are you saying he's delivering the meat cue? I didn't say it. You said that. Okay. I am not contributing to something that may not be family-friendly radio. Because I am a family-friendly guy. Just saying. But the Godfather is a funny dude. Cool guy. Yeah. Appreciate his time in town. It's good when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Got a text from uh, the 415. He said, this is Raider 12. I don't understand. 
Abram was second leading tackler last year after Perriman, and he did it only in 14 games. That means he has a nose for the ball. I don't recall too many plays getting behind him, and that was primary job of safety is to keep everything in front of him. Watch Kansas City pick him up. Again, that's from Raider 12. And look, we all know what Jonathan Abram did really well. And I think last year he did really well. And I think at times this year he did really well. I also think there was games where we came back on Monday and was like, ooh, not a good day for 24. There's certain guys, and again, this goes back, this isn't really even as much a Jonathan Abram thing because he's a guy I feel like you want him to do well, right? I kind of feel like he's one of those guys that you want him to do well. So I wish him the best no matter what team picks him up, and somebody will pick him up. Please believe that. Uh, He might get claimed off waivers. He might not even clear waivers. We'll find out sooner rather than later, but... I'm sure that there's a team right now in eyeing him. I know that I've seen plenty of fans that say, hey, uh, so-and-so team, go pick him up. The Texans, the Giants. Uh, I've seen somebody from uh, that, that's a, a fan of Kansas City say, go pick him up. I mean, I've seen multiple fans and, and some even some beat writers say, I wonder uh, if this team would be interested. Hell, we had John McClain on. He said the Texans might be interested in him. So he's going to get picked up by somebody. I just think it's one of those things as we talked to Vinny and we talked to Lincoln, you know, he, he wasn't picked up by this regime. Uh, they saw him. They saw what he's good at. They saw what he's not good at and said, okay, this is what we can do and what we can't do, and this is who we want to move forward with and, and who we don't. It's that simple. Yeah, so if he's just not going to be the player that he wants. So Raider 12, did he say maybe the Chiefs? Yeah. I doubt that. I don't I, I don't know the ins and outs of the Chiefs defense. Right. But if you're looking at a player, it's like, man, every time we play you, we are cooking you. That's who we target, right. Yeah, but you know what? We need him on our team. Right. I just don't see that one happening. I, I don't either, but you never know. You never know what a, a team might want in a guy. You know, you just you just really don't have any idea. So uh, who knows? Uh, also, uh, Cali Raider, Radio, Cali Rado maybe Raider. Uh, anyway, on on the text line, bulletin board material, huh? How did that work out with Alvin Kamara's bulletin board material? Uh, it didn't work out very well for the Raiders at all. Uh, that's why I was saying earlier when I was talking about bulletin board material, you shouldn't need any. You shouldn't need any at all. And Jeff Saturday saying whatever he said about the Raiders when they were playing the Saints, I mean, that shouldn't need that shouldn't be needed to fire a team up. That was my whole point. I'm not saying I don't even believe in bulletin to board material. To tell you the truth, I don't need that. And I don't think that these guys who are professionals who got here by being great at what they do need bulletin board material. I really, there's a lot of things I do believe in. I really don't believe in bulletin board material. Like if you need someone to say something to get you fired up. Now, if you want to use it, cool. But to just sit there and plaster it all over the, the locker room or be like, man, can you believe what so-and-so said? Are you serious? That's cool. I mean, look, I use things myself as edge, but I use them. I don't need it, like I said, plastered on the wall. Like if you say something to me in passing, I might not even react to it, but I'll keep it in my mind and be like, all right, I'll show him or whatever. I don't need bulletin board material. So I don't think that these professionals that are two and six need bulletin board material either. I don't. I just don't see it. Work for Jordan. Jordan is a different animal, man. He's a different animal. And I took that personally. <laughs> he took it personally. He took everything personally. I took the fact that we had tickets that we don't have tickets to give out personally because DeMond teased it. Hell, we played the song on the radio. Who was the name of the guy? John what? John Fogarty. F- John Fogarty. <laughs> Tomorrow, we'll give him out. 445, I promise. We'll be back at 2, but make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Clay Baker, 7 to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good night. Get in the game at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Catch all your favorite teams on the state-of-the-art 60-foot video wall. The Golden Circle.